its flow with a super weird word, nightgown. If you ask me, it sounds less like clothes you wear to bed and more like things you say to your clothes. Good night, capri pants, sleep tight sweaters, nightgown. We've got a big day tomorrow. Now a weird word I just made up, flotection. It sounds like great protection for your new home through me and Progressive, and that's because it is. I said good night, capri pants, go to sleep. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. What's up to all my podcast people out there? It's the one and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Low. And before we get into this episode of the Off Top Podcast, real quick, two things that you must know. One, this is part two of our end of the season podcast talk. If you missed part one, I'll make sure I'll put a link in the description. But all you got to do is just go back to our last episode and I'm uploading these on back to back days. So there's a possibility that you missed part one. The second part, and more importantly, is that me and Agent decided to do a bracket challenge for you all. That link will also be in the description as well of this podcast, and it will also be in the description of my videos and on my Twitter, so make sure you follow me and subscribe and all the other good jazz. The way that you apply to the Bracket Challenge is it's free, so you don't have to worry about that. You just join our group that is in the link, and you make a bracket, and then you apply it to our group. Uh, you do have to make an account. However, you can just tie the account to your Twitter page. So that's not that big of a deal. And if I'm not mistaken, you can log in also with your Facebook account. So it's not that big of a deal. Just make the account, um, apply and fill out a bracket and then apply it to our group. And the group is called Off Top Bracket Challenge. So it is fairly easy. Uh, the winner of the bracket challenge will win a free Drum roll, please. I'm not, I'm not going to add the drum roll effect. That's just OD, but the winner will win a, a free jersey, a free NBA jersey, whatever player you want. And, um, I don't know if I didn't tell agent this, but it's not going to be some, um, replica jersey. It's not going to be a swingman, a full authentic jersey of any player of your liking. So make sure you hit the uh, link in the description, fill out your bracket, apply to our challenge, and I'll see you all next time. But enjoy part two of the end of the season off top podcast. But I mean, if you when you want to, I mean, there's, there's like two more things to talk about, and the um, and the in the end of the season award. So you want to do that real quick, and I'll just chop it up. Two podcasts. Uh, yeah, we could do that if you want to. We we could do it if what do you want to do, though? We'll do what you want to do. I do, do I actually man. do want to do that. And I think it'll make it a little bit more easier to consume the um product, you know? We'll have two podcasts. But we oh, talking man. about it right now. We can just get right into it. Yo, real quick. We can make it. Cut this out low? That's that's what's up, man. Yeah, I know. I mean obviously I'm gonna cut it out. But real real quick, um Shout out to Devin Booker. Since we got another I, I can stretch this out for another like 20, 30 minutes. This man, Devin Booker, frustrated, just completely upset with the, uh, the Phoenix Suns. He said, and I quote, I'm done not making the playoffs. I'm serious. This is a problem. My last year ever not making the playoffs. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a bold statement, but okay. If that's putting pressure on myself, I'm going to take this summer and work the hard, work that hard so it doesn't happen again. You know what? Now, you know what just realized though? You What's know what I just realized? What's he that? doesn't want to be on that team no more. Cause, and that's cause, and that and that's really what I heard as well. I heard the exact same thing. I was like, "Are you saying you don't want to be?" Because Kimball Walker did the exact same thing where he said, "Man, I'm tired of not making the playoffs." And I'm like, "But Kimball, you can't go around and say you want to end your career as a Charlotte Hornet, but then say I'm tired of not making the playoffs <laughs> like that." It no, just doesn't low, work. Like we that. talked about on a podcast how Devin Booker 
was now he's going to be like consulted with on all of the decisions that are made. The man. So uh, remember when we said that, and they, we knew like, I right, for sure they're going to make this guy their franchise player. They want him to be that number one guy. And now that we hear this, I'm thinking to myself, the only reason that they even involved him in decisions or even took that next step is because he probably communicated those concerns to them before that. So closer to the start of the season. He's like, yo, he's probably looking around like, I'm looking at John Wall and uh, Damian Lillard and all these players who for so long in their careers just haven't had the opportunity to have a good team built around them because of a lack of management. That's probably the talk he had, man. And that's what he's thinking to himself. He's exactly what he's going to be thinking to himself while he's sitting on the couch watching these guys play in the playoffs this year. I'm not going to lie. It must be very frustrating to be, I mean, it, I, I would I would be I would be frustrated if you were that talented of a player and like every single year you just your team just wasn't in the playoffs and i don't i don't know how that i mean i'm pretty sure i know how he feels in some regards but i mean look, like like we said even though it sucks it is true i don't know how you can be on the the phoenix suns especially right now as they're going through their transitional phase and believe that you're going to be a playoff team like it, it just doesn't work that way and they still have a lot of things that they need to do. They made a lot of questionable decisions over the last two to three years, especially after the whole debacle with Isaiah Thomas, Drogic, and then um, Eric Bledsoe this year. And then some of their picks have not panned out. Um, Dragon Bender is not, he's nowhere near the player that he's supposed to be. And then they're still overpaying Tyson Chandler and, and things are just not working out for them. And I would even go as far as saying, if they weren't so lucky to get Devin Booker, because it's not like Booker was one of the top 10 picks in the draft, they end up getting a huge steal in the middle of the, in the first round that year. If they didn't get that, they would still be in a very, very peculiar situation. However, if they do get the first overall pick, I believe that Aiton will go to the Phoenix Suns, but I don't, I don't think that will be enough for them to make a transition from being one of the worst teams in the NBA and all of a sudden being a team that's going to contend for a playoff spot, especially when you consider that this year, and easily this year, there could have been seven teams in the Western Conference with 50-win records if everyone had stayed healthy. So I don't I don't know how you think that that's just going to translate. I don't, I don't know how you think the, the Phoenix Suns are going to go from 21 wins to at, at bare minimum 47 to make the playoffs next year. I don't know how you think that's going to happen, um, Devin Booker. Yeah, uh, and, but, and no one and no one's not blaming him either. I, I, he's I right be... to share that concern, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll be annoyed too if I was improving every year, but like my teammates was just like never like they weren't. And keep in mind, like we don't know what happens behind the scenes, though. But I guarantee you, he's one of the hardest workers on the team. I'm sure there's times where like he's in the gym, and one of his guys is just like kicking it or doing like you see what I'm saying. And so maybe that I, if I was a team leader, like if I was that guy on a team and I knew I was working the hardest on that team and definitely for sure felt like other guys on the team didn't want it as bad as I did, I'd want to make some changes too, whether that meant that I was leaving or you talked to management to get this guy or this guy on the team or move this guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that when players say stuff that's on their mind, you know, we tend to like dive deep into it. what did he really mean? But like, it's, it's, it's cool to know that he really feels that way because uh, for all we cared, low, he just he could have been at the point in his career where he's like, "Yo, I'm just gonna secure the bag as a rookie." You know, as soon as I get off this rookie contract, and then 
I'm just going to go ahead, dominate, get the max contract, and I'm going to get secured. and all. Because that could have been his focus. That's what it feels like, you know, especially in the NFL, it happens a lot. Not so much in the NBA where they're more focused on the bag than they are the championship. But it's cool he has that hunger, man. I don't, he gives me a Kobe Bryant feel, though. He gives me a real Kobe Bryant feel. Anyway, well, I, mean, I do have the, my the, list the, ready. The difference is that he's going to have to play defense if he's going to have that Kobe Bryant feel. Yeah, I mean, you got to give him time to develop that, man. You got to give him time. I'm, and again, I have no problem with it. And again, let me be very clear. I'm, I'm not even blaming him because they, they've definitely done some questionable things on that um on that organization. Uh, but I just don't know what else he could do more to put them in a better situation as an individual. I mean, it's, it's just and I know it's something that he probably doesn't want to hear. But I mean, it's the organization like you. He could easily become. Talent-wise, one of the top 10 players in the NBA next year. But we sat here and saw Anthony Davis struggle, DeMarcus Cousins struggle, and we consistently see other really talented um, players as well struggle to make the playoffs, especially in the Western Conference. And it's simply because of the organization. It has very little to do with the players on that team. And so if they don't surround him with the players, I mean, I don't want it to become a consistent theme in his career, but... I mean, six, seven years of his career could just be wasted just because he was drafted to a team that is poorly managed. Yeah, that's that's what happened to Kevin Garnett. I mean, you know, hopefully you get lucky and get in a, uh, a big three. <laughs> Face. Take a shot at a championship, man. <laughs> uh, yo, I got yo. Add, add a couple things to your to your list, low worst team and best team. Uh, this year specifically. All right, so so you wanna you wanna do it? Go ahead, go ahead, give me your worst and best team, man. All right, man. Uh, we'll get started on our on our end of the year award show, man. Well, brought the, the to you off, by the off, Taco the Bell. Faces <laughs> the off top end of the end of the season awards. <laughs> All right, uh, yo. As we say this, listeners, you guys can also dream up. Maybe tweet me. You know, Ryan Lowe in the emails. Call me agent zero zero at gmail.com That he knows nothing about basketball. I've been getting emails, by the way, though. Don't even worry about it. But I might have to put up my own little Twitter banner, bro. No, I, you know how I know yeah. you don't get emails because there is no fourteen-year-old, no sixteen-year-old, no eighteen-year-old. Look at this guy, that is, bro. Thinks that all is the viewers is... the time, that is taking the time out to email you. That they, they like people. Bro, don't why do you think that. everybody's fourteen years old, man? I said 14, 16, 18 years old. Like, like hey, our demographic no, is telling, not going to sit here. But here's the thing, love. Like when I was in high school, bro, I didn't even know people used email like that. And then I, that's and then what when I'm I saying. In, when I got in university, I was like, bro, email Majority is everything. of our people are not in college. They're not in university. They're high school students. Yeah, but trust they me, don't the, use email. The guys, the guys that are mature, that they, the people that understand, bro, they've been messaging me. Don't even worry about those it, guys. Bro. Those guys still don't hit you up. They hit me up, agent. No, no, no. They're in the emails. Don't worry about it, bro. Here's here's my worst team, man. Oh my god, is easy and 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 this goes without a doubt. Is the Detroit Pistons? Not only have they managed to not. Oh wait, so, be the, so we're talking. We're just talking about. Okay, okay, that, I see what you're saying. All right, so go not ahead. necessarily I, I like the worst team, yeah, but yeah, just okay, like okay. yeah, it has to be the Pistons. They didn't make the playoffs, which is number one. Two, they're not going to get a nice pick this year because they didn't bother bombing. And and maybe more importantly, three, they made one of the worst trades I've seen in a pretty long time, man. And and they got Blake Griffin, but they gave away two pieces that individually I wouldn't have traded Avery Bradley for Blake Griffin, let alone Tobias Harris. I'm sure they just did that so the contract situation should work out. And if I'm not mistaken, they also gave away some picks. 
it's just Stan Van is not he's not I don't know what's going like I have so many questions about that organization but here here's what I know they're not in the playoffs and they failed this year because they're not any closer to getting to the playoffs and so for me that is the worst team um I don't know if that's I don't know if I can say that's the worst team because you can make a case that the teams in the bottom of the leaderboard are trying to get better by being at the very bottom. Detroit didn't try and do that, so they're not good. Next year, some of those teams will pick up a nice guy in the in uh, the draft, and they will improve. Detroit is not only not improved, but they've actually took steps backwards because of their trade. And to me, that's the worst. Who's the worst for you, Lo? Yeah, that that trade is is questionable, but I I, I mean I I would have to say that. I mean, they made they made the playoffs, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. But the the Timberwolves, from from top to bottom, there's a lot of questions with that team because when Jimmy Butler was removed from that roster, they should not have they should not have struggled that significantly. And the only reason why, and and very similar to uh, the the Pistons, you have a coach that also play. Uh, you have a coach who has dual roles, and he's also part of the um, decision making in the front office, and yeah. so. Thibodeau is going out of his way to get players that he feels like will be great additions to this team. Um, Derrick Rose is definitely not one of those players, so let's get that clear. But when you remove <laughs> Jimmy Butler off of that team, you should not go from a an okay team or a team that should be, you know, fourth seed to barely making the playoffs and it's taking us the fir- the last game of the season to figure out if you're going to make the playoffs or not. And let's just also keep it a buck as well. The Denver Nuggets missed Paul Millsap for practically the entire season or at least three-fourths of the season. And so if Paul Millsap was there, there's a huge argument that they would have actually fallen out of the playoffs. So I, I, I it, it amazes me that that team has that much talent and I'm I'm very fearful of what as as a coach I feel like I want to say he's a he's a good coach but it's very obvious that his his impact on coaching just isn't the same that it once was um, when he was with the uh, Chicago Bulls. He's, something has happened. I don't know if his disconnect with his players, his inability to to communicate to younger younger players is just isn't there. But the lack of development from Wiggins and Towns on the defensive end is scary. But also, in in one huge note, the lack of development from Wiggins is also scary as well when we're talking about a player who was a first overall pick. And you're talking about someone who's getting a nice payday. Blake Griffin, is uh, he will either be the first or second best player on their roster moving forward. Regardless of how you feel about that, that's just how it's going to be. Wiggins is going to be the third best player on this team. And will be receiving a ridiculous amount of money moving forward. Yeah, secure the bag, just, baby. And they just <laughs> gave him that bag, and it will kick in next year. So much so that I would even I would entertain the idea of trading Wiggins because if I wouldn't, if if all you're getting from Wiggins is 17 points, you can get that at a much better uh, rate, especially from behind the arc. And especially when it comes to the payroll. Obviously, but his value is not the same no more because of the contract that he's gotten. I mean, I, I guess, but I just I feel like if if all you're going to get from Wiggins is 17 points because it's obvious that he's not going to be an elite level defender. 
He's not a rebounder. He's not a facilitator. And these are things that they're no longer oh, asking of him. I saw him sky high and get a clutch rebound no. today, man. The, the, I don't these know are what. these are things that they're no longer asking of him, and I understand that. But if we're if we're talking about you know if if all you're expecting out of him is fifteen to seventeen points, you can get that from a, a good handful of other players while also having the ability to space out the floor and maybe even be a better defender as well. Okay, I'm not going to contest that. I don't think they're the worst, but uh, they definitely had their struggles. They're probably the most, not not even the most disappointing, but they're up there. That's a top five most disappointing. Um, all right, uh, best team low, mine is Golden State, goes without saying. They've been doing a good job of resting their guys, just cruising. They're kind of past that stage where they're trying to break regular season records. They're just trying to go for as many championships as possible. And although they're dealing with injuries, they've been putting themselves in the best situation to do that with the most phenomenal roster and depth that you can possibly ask for. Good coaching. They're the best team. And I know Houston's been given a decent challenge to these guys, but it's going to be an interesting Western Conference Finals. But I think Golden State is still the best team in the league. I have Houston. I actually have Houston as probably is the best team. Uh, obviously, the record speaks for itself, but the ability for them to add the pieces that they added this year—the only real noticeable piece, obviously, is Chris Paul. But not only what they've done in the off season, but they've also made some acquisitions during the season that add a lot of depth to their lineup. Uh, they added Joe Johnson on the roster. They added Gerald Green on that roster. Uh, Luke Bayamute through the offseason has been a, a really solid defensive piece and, and a rotation player for them. P.J. Tucker as well. So when you look at this team, depth-wise, I think that was a huge a, a huge um, problem with them last year. And then you added another elite-level ball handler in Chris Paul. And I have to give a lot of props to not only Mike D'Antoni, but Chris Paul and James Harden specifically they both have very specific, um, excuse me, they both have uh, playing styles that are borderline interchangeable with one another. But the fact that they're able to work well with one another is something that it, it, it normally would take a little bit longer for them to adapt to one another. But the fact that they've been able to do it basically from the beginning of the season, even when Chris Paul went down, when James Harden went down, they still were able to function I think that's something that should be applauded for. And, and obviously the record that they have, 65 wins this year, it speaks for itself. All right. Uh, I disagree with you on that, but I like that team. They got a, a whole lot of defense and a whole lot of offense. They do a really good job of getting a good combination of both, whereas like some teams are just very imbalanced. All right, let's move on to the MVP. Uh, don't even discuss this one with me, Low. Let's just give it to Harden, all right? Uh, so year after year, they talk about, oh, no, we want to see stats. Let's give it to Westbrook. Oh, no, but we really want to see winning. Let's give it to LeBron. F- what does Harden have to do to win the MVP, all right? Does he have to win all the games in the regular season? He should have been had one by now. And uh, the fact that he hasn't is a tragedy, bro. He definitely deserves it. Yeah, um, Harden, Harden deserves it. I will say this, though. They have, um, over the past, in my opinion, really over the past, like 10 going on 15 years now, the MVP has lost its value because inconsistent voting from certain people. And we're definitely, and I already, I'm already going to predict this. We're going to see some, um, some inconsistent voting this year as well. But I, I honestly believe it should be hardened. But if I had to be different, why not give it to Russell Westbrook? Because all I heard no. last year was no Russell Westbrook average a triple double. He just did it this year. 
So why are you not going to give it to him again? Because the novelty is over. Like that's the reason why everyone kept talking well, about well, it. Well, not- that's, well, that's that's the problem. The MVP trophy is something that uh, that is going to determine and dictate certain players' careers. It depicts how great a player was, and it depicts the type of a se- the type of season a player has, and why you would choose them over other people as well. Like and why so Steve Nash it, is better than Jason Kidd? Yeah. Please, let's not go down that road. So we can't sit here and just give away a trophy that should have that type of value in the NBA just due to a novelty. We shouldn't do it. However, we've done it multiple times. We did it last year. We did it with Steve Nash twice. And so when I when I sit here and I see that, I you lose value with the MVP. But if we're I mean, going to be consistent, you might not value it. But everybody I, else still. You but know. I but I much I much rather be consistent with it and if we're going to be consistent give it to russell westbrook what's up it's justin from the driving dish nba podcast when i was in eighth grade i switched from wearing glasses to contacts because i liked playing the game of basketball and ever since then i've had to deal with getting contacts which takes way too long you have to sit in the waiting room for a really long time it always kind of smells weird in there that all changed when i found simplecontacts.com you show them a picture of your prescription you pick the brand of contacts that you use you put in your address and they're on their way and so much cheaper than going to a doctor every single time you need contacts took me about 15 minutes right before i left for work and we're gonna save you 30 dollars off your first order with them at simplecontacts.com slash almighty or use the enter code almighty at checkout that's 30 dollars off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash almighty or enter the code almighty at checkout. Just remember, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. They only do a test that makes sure your contacts are going to give you 20-20 vision. They don't write completely new RXs or examine eye health. Because last year... I saw him box out Melo for a rebound today on Twitter, man. You see that? Hey, look, here's another thing, too, that kills me with the the media. And I say this as if, like, I'm borderline part of the media. No, you are, but all right, keep going. But the thing that kills me is that last year, people who actually watched the games, you could clearly tell this is what Russell Westbrook was doing last year. But for for whatever reason, when I said it, and when a lot of other people said it, we got killed for it. But now, all of a sudden, there's media members who have access to interview Russell Westbrook pre and post games. They now have the balls to ask him these questions. Why weren't you all asking this last year? Like, I didn't understand that. And again, if you watch the games, you would clearly tell that this is what he was doing. There's literally nothing that he's doing different this year than he did last year. But for whatever reason, now it's a problem. Man, y'all eat a dick. Yeah. Y'all, Whoa, some some, okay, some yeah. of those people, <laughs> yo, you was you. Goddamn. You agree. You agree. Some of these people who have the right to vote should not have the right to vote. I, I've literally heard. And it's just one name. I can go on an endless rant about this, but Chris Broussard last year said that a reason why Avery Bradley was not named all defensive team last year was because Devin Booker dropped 70 points on him. No. When in reality, Devin Booker, when he dropped the 70 point game against the Boston Celtics last year, Avery Bradley didn't even play that game. Avery Bradley wasn't even in the building that game. So you couldn't even get confused, but it's very clear that he doesn't watch the games. Also last year, he said that, um, Devin, also he said last year that how was it possible for Russell Westbrook for him to be cooking or goosing or manipulating the game 
to get the rebounds while still having the ability to win. However, now Chris, I mean, not Chris, Carmelo Anthony came out and said, oh, yeah, absolutely. We it's fine that he still rebounds from us. That's how we that's how the offense functions. And it's if you want to make the argument that the offense functions that way, then fine. But don't sit here and tell me that I don't know what I'm watching when it's very clear. But now all of a sudden people are acting like, oh, wow, he's 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 padding his stats. He's doing the exact same thing he was doing last year. And y'all gave him the MVP. So give it to him again. Give it to him again, because yeah. that would that would only make sense. I don't get the whole infatuation with the triple double. Like, are we toddlers? When it goes from single to double digits, we celebrate like it's some sort of accomplishment. Would it be any less impressive if he got like one more rebound per game, but one less assist per game, and he didn't average a triple double? Like, how how much more different would that be in that situation? Chris Chris, Chris Broussard last year said if Russell Westbrook had averaged nine point seven rebounds, he would not vote for him for MVP. What? How? Is he really saying like <laughs> Jesus? Chris I'm Broussard, with these guys, by the way, Chris, like the Chris only Broussard, I really... along with a few other people, should lose their right to vote because, like you said, apparently Chris Broussard's intelligence is so small that he can't function until he see double digits. Because when he see double digits, he just loses his mind. He's like, oh my god, that's that's crazy. Is, that, is nine, that two numbers side by side? That's unbelievable. I've never but, seen anything. But when like, it's but when it's nine point seven, oh, it's that's it's it, that's not that impressive. Like but these are supposed to be experts, low. They're supposed to be deciding who the most valuable player is based on the impact that they have on their respective teams. And instead, I feel like their voting is. One based on like the story, right? Like Kevin Durant got an MVP, really dope story. He's always second place, but finally he's first place. He's no longer second. Like it's it's all emotional, and you know sometimes people cry and they come out with these quotes like "you the real MVP" and etc. But if we just get serious for a second, I I and I don't know why he didn't get it last year. I think Harden should have also got it last year, but. Yeah, what is what is what else does he have to prove? We gave it to Westbrook already. I we filled the quota. The story has been finished. He got these triple doubles and and whatever. It's this year, right? If Harden doesn't get it this year, low, I might go on a boycott, man. Like we're gonna have to figure out who voted against Harden, and we're gonna have to strip their. Is is no longer a democracy. We're gonna have to make this an authoritative state, low, because I'm so sick and tired of all of. There's no objective standards whatsoever. The standards change depending on who's voting and how they're feeling that specific day. And it shouldn't be like that. You're right. If there's some significance on this certain specific award, there's going to have to be a level of consistency on who it's attributed to. And there's nothing like that right now. It's pathetic. We don't, we don't even have to go deeper, bro. It's, it's hard. It shouldn't. And shh, don't even say it, it's it should, LeBron. It shouldn't be. That's how some people say it's LeBron. It's, it's hard. All right. But, <laughs> but even, even the people for who are saying LeBron are trying to make the argument that if you look at his total numbers, along with the fact that he's just the best player in the league, it should be LeBron. And and if and in my opinion, if if that was the argument that the MVP should be the most the be the the best player in the league, I would have no problem with that. The problem is is that we've already set this we've already set the standard 10, 15, 30 years ago, where we already know that's that's not how that's not how it gets voted for. So MVPs like Jordan. Magic. That's what I'm Kobe, saying. So, like, like, so, the, so the fact, so the fact that people even trying to make that argument, please shut the hell up. Like I'm, I'm done with that argument. We already know that's not the argument. We get it. Yeah. Steve it's Nash interesting because Steve, Steve Nash was never the best player in the NBA, right, Agent? 
He was never, yeah, he wasn't the best. Yeah, he was, ne- he was never the best player in the NBA. Matter of fact, Steve Nash was never a top five player in the NBA. Ah, and yet, and yet he okay. has two. So we, we already know that that, it, it, that's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I, but, I'm but curious. James, but James, yeah, James Harden MVP. I'll just, let me just, they're, they're the, up the, like this, who voted for who was public, right? Like you can go oh, yeah, down shout the out, list. Shout out to, um, basketball exam. Because he did expose the people who were inconsistent from 2016, excuse me, 2015 until um, 2017 last year. He he exposed a lot of people. Or and they deserve to be exposed. Uh, there should be some like some level of criteria for getting the position. It can't just be that you talk about bat. Like why don't we just give it to the nearest guy who has opinions about basketball? If that's the way we're gonna make decisions based off our emotions and subjectively. Anyway, and you, and you know what's crazy? Like some people, like, and I'm not saying he deserves it, but like Stephen A. Smith has been covering the bas- has been covering basketball for a while, and he doesn't have a vote. I don't, I don't know how they, I don't know how they determine who do, he receives a vote or not. I think I it's because Stephen A. is like, like he's 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 more like a personality. Like he's very biased on a lot of stuff, but he's, oh, but he's, he's more but he like was entertainment. A, he, was a, he started off as a beat writer for the um, Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, yeah. and he wrote he wrote the time with Iverson. So I mean, he's done the, the work. I don't I don't know why he doesn't yeah. have a vote. Yeah, uh, I watched like a little. I don't know if it's a documentary, but like a video on his life. I thought it was gonna be the most boring thing ever, but it was. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> All right, Lo, we're moving on to most improved player. This one I think should uh, go just, down this with is obvious, obvious. Yeah, Oladipo. Yep, Victor. And is and, and I called it. I called it in the beginning of the season. I called it. You, Lo, Lo has never been a fan of Oladipo until this year. You're we should be clear fu- about that. You're a liar. I'm not You're lying. You're a liar. You're a liar. Not... You are. You're a liar. All right, man. Whatever you say, bro. But I just remember you saying Oladipo didn't have what it took when he played for Orlando. I remember that. I remember that, though. You're make. You're just making things up. Like I don't know why I, you're making this had, up. But remember you on our old pod, yo, D Brown corroborated my story, bro. We we were on a call and D Brown D was like, Brown, yo, I remember you saying that. D Brown's last name is the same as yours because that's how much he's on your dick. So I know I don't I don't need to no. I don't, I don't no. even know what that means, bro. Like I don't even know what that. I don't. He just he's just he's just, just agreeing with you just to agree with you, you know. But All no. right, whatever you say. But you 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 just became a fan. It's okay to just become a fan, low. Like I just became a fan of Donovan Mitchell. I didn't even know who he was until this year. Uh, oh, I, I said I said Donovan Mitchell was gonna be the biggest was gonna be one of the biggest sleepers in the draft as well. So I knew that. Lowe, as well. Lowe just says stuff. Yo, y'all. Don't, shout you, out, you yo, just, shout out to um Vic, my man Vic. You know I call him Vic now because that's how long I've been knowing him. Shout out to Vic. You know doing his thing. Big, one of the biggest surprises this year, and 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 I would argue, not only should he win most improved, but I think he's rightfully deserving of being labeled at least for this year one of the top twenty five players. And I feel like he has That's a strong award, argument. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just saying in general. And but I was going to go on to say, and I think he has a very strong argument for him to be an all um all NBA team, make an all NBA team. Well, Lowe's actively making up awards. He's at top twenty five. I don't think he's gonna make an All NBA team. Honestly, I feel like he deserves at least one of those. So it'd be cool to see him on there. Um, but it's as contested at that guard spot, bro. Yeah, like, it is. Like, it's pretty it's contested. Really contested. contested. All right. Uh, so rookie of the year. This one, I guess, is gonna be split. But for me, uh, you could argue whether he's a rookie or not. But I'm gonna go with Ben Simmons. He didn't get the All Star nod, which is surprising. I don't know why Kemba got it over him. I think he deserves rookie of the year. Here's a here's a funny thing, and people say this on Twitter as well. And I got Ben Simmons as well. But speaking of the All Star nod. When he didn't get the All Star now, when he wasn't selected for an All Star, everyone was saying, 
Well, you're a rookie, man. You got to give it to the veteran first. You know, you're going to have a whole bunch of years in your career where you're going to be an all-star. So you got to give the nod to the veteran. And now we're saying, nah, you're not a, you're not a, you're not a rookie. Like that doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. Yeah. The, the inconsistency does, doesn't work out with me, but, um, I have yeah. Ben Simmons as, as rookie of the year, but I would love it if, if it ends up being co-rookie of the years and, and give it to both. Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. Also, as a side right. note, speaking of Donovan Mitchell, I need that. I need that hoodie, bro. I need that rookie hoodie. Fam, why are you talking to him like he watches the podcast? <laughs> this guy loves like he really think he got friends in the NBA, bro. He's delusional, man. It's crazy, bro. Hey, I mean, someone he send me an email. Someone send me an email. Does. Let me know. Low is delusional. I need to bring this back up on the last podcast. I'm gonna save it on my in my favorites. You know how you can start emails that are very important, low. I start all the ones reminding me you don't know nothing about basketball, my guy. So those th- those three those three emails that you got? Oh, all oh, there's hundreds, there's thousands. I'm I'm thousands. thousands. I don't think there's hundreds neither. It's under a hundred, but it's definitely still a lot. Okay, uh, defensive player of the year contested, uh, and this one's always contested. But man, he been around for Gobert. half the season. I got Rudy Gobert. Yeah, it gotta be Gobert, bro. Like how how can we not give it to Gobert? Just on the turnaround that Utah Jazz did, his defensive presence is, like, fantastic. For people out there who are making an argument that Gobert hasn't played enough games, if I'm not mistaken, he's going to play only eight fewer games than Embiid. And I have to double-check it, but if I'm not mistaken, he's going to play fewer than 100 minutes than Embiid. So that that gap is not significant enough for me to see him. You mean Embiid, Embiid this season? Yeah, Embiid, yeah. Because th- nah. there's a lot of people, a lot of people are saying that it's between Gobert and Embiid. And in my opinion, Embiid, if, if the gap is only eight games and fewer than a hundred minutes, that's, that's not a big enough gap. It's just, that's yeah, not a big played, enough gap. He played 55 games, man. Like, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's enough where you could be in consideration, especially if you're playing at the level he was playing at. Basically turn the whole team around. Jeez. Not just about blocks. So a lot of people just look at the number like, oh, but, but this guy has more blocks, doesn't he? But come on, man. We're talking about defensive impact here. There's more to defense than blocks. If you watch the basketball game, of course, you'd know that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I could understand why somebody wouldn't put him there. I just feel like he deserves it more than anyone else. Uh, so six steps. men. I think this one's also pretty obvious. I'm going with my guy, Lou Will. Also, a little mention for my guy, Fred Van Fleet, because he, he was on a new level no, of turn-up this year. No, no, Yeah, he was, but Lou Will was basically an all-star. It would be, be Tyreek before it would be um, Fred Van Fleet. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. But I just wanted to slide his name in there. We need some sort of after presence. Uh, Lou Will deserves to be on there, without a doubt. Uh, who yeah, else? It's, I, got, was, I, got, I got Lou Will. When I mean, was the last time we saw a sixth man that was an all-star? I know he wasn't an all-star, but he almost was an all-star. He basically was an all-star team. Uh, just gave up his spot. I think Kevin McHale. I could be yeah, wrong. So I could be wrong, but I think Kevin you McHale. probably are because you're wrong about a lot of things. But uh, he, I know, I know for a fact Kevin McHale a was a six-man and he was an all-star. I don't know if he, I don't know if that was the last one though. I don't know if that was the last one. All right, Coach of the Year. This one I think can go any way. You can give it to. Uh, you can give it to Dwayne you, Casey, you can, of course. Can, you, can, you can really give it to like three different coaches, but I'm, you can I give see it to what you Danny. Uh, you can give it to Brad Stevens if you wanted to. You you mess around, give it to Brett Brown, man. But I'm gonna give no, it to I'm Brett. Not. I'm gonna <laughs> no give it to Brad Stevens, man. I feel yeah, like even with all the injuries, man, he's he's that one coach where you're like, bro, they are Brad Stevens. They're straight, and I think more than anything, he does a 
I know they have like play, people there that develop players, but <clears throat> I think the coach is also a very important part of that. He's a leader on the team. And uh, you, you said Brad Stevens, right? I got Brad Stevens as well, but my, my backup, or at least my second place, would be Quinn Snyder. That would be my, I would, my I would second place. Dwayne Casey with mine. Well, you're biased. Bias. You're biased. Yeah, I'm I gonna say you're, biased. You're, biased. you're obviously biased. I mean, so <laughs> I, I would expect nothing less. But yeah, like you said, the, the injuries, the injuries really should have put them back in a, in a situation where they were fighting for position in the playoffs. But they secured their spot in the playoffs fairly early early on the season. Uh, yeah. Fifty four win. What is it? Fifty four, fifty five win team this year. Um, and then even Kyrie when he was in and out of the lineup or Al Horford, they still found ways to win and. Even though that's it's a very talented roster, it's obviously the defensive scheme from Brad Stevens and his ability to work within within the um the offense and the talent that he has on that roster offensively for them to find great looks for themselves. So, I mean, in my opinion, I, I think it's fairly obvious because he's been able to coach them to um, pretty consistent excellence throughout the season on both ends of the floor. I, I would have to give it to um Brad Stevens. All right. Uh, executive of the year. Now, this is an interesting one because there's a lot that goes into making a very good executive. But for Are me, you, I think oh, the most. Oh, 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 you're forgetting a very important one. Oh no, no, you, I'm bugging. I'm bugging. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I think the most important thing about being an executive is being able to hire the right people, and that means the coach, that means the scouts, that means develop uh, player development. You just everything starts with you. You're the guy who builds the team around whoever your superstar is. And uh, I, I was debating this one for a little bit, but I'm gonna give it to Danny Ainge. I don't know why Celtics organization just seems to be in there all the time. And next year, I think they have a pretty good shot at a title run. And I think a lot of that has to do with Danny Ainge. I agree. I, I think it's Danny Ainge in the beginning of the season. I think many people were um, oversighting what Sam Presti did, and, and I think people are trying to give him way too much credit. Is I think he's one of the more overrated, if not the most overrated, executive in the NBA. Is a, is a general manager. He just doesn't do that great of a job. And I actually think he's one of the worst. But when it comes to, and actually, if we want to talk about the worst as well, I, my my vote would definitely go to. I know it would go to um, Stan Van Gundy. He was trash this year. But uh, um, I don't know, bro. That Blake Griffin trade is kind of tough. That's that's, that's yeah, a tough you're right. But that's that's all it took for you, man. For for Stan Van Gundy to be the worst. Yeah. Who would be? Who would be? I'm trying to figure who who would be below Stan Van Gundy. I would. I would. I would to. Uh, I think it's John Hammonds. Used to be, I think, the Bucks, but now he's uh, the manager for the Orlando Magic. I was to. I think he moved to Orlando. Yeah, and he. My God, that team. It's just every year they're but, but finding he, ways he to just, get worse. But he just, but he just got there. The um, the the GM before him is what really screwed them up. I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, even though I know his face. I don't I don't think I don't know I don't think that John Hammond really did anything bad this year for the Magic. I think they were already kind of in no, a situation I, where they were. I, I do going think to do he bad. did because it was the Alfred Payton decision. And on top, look, this is the team Rob that- Hannigan. Rob Hannigan. That's that's. That's the idiot. That's the one who really put them in the, the situation. The idiot. Damn. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but I think he was. I think he did a lot of the damage, man. But uh, that Orlando team's been just running on a treadmill forever. They're not moving forward. And in fact, this is they his might first be year. What is? I mean, what is? Bro, he, I, is it his... doesn't matter. You have to make. Oh, even wow. when Masai oh. got picked up by the Raptors first year, he was making moves. When you're a general manager, they ask you what your vision is. 
and you tell them your vision. And if it aligns with what they're trying to go with, they hire you. And in this case, he got hired and he has a vision. Now, I don't know what that vision is, but he's had a whole year and I haven't seen any moves that indicates that he's moving towards his vision or whatever the case that is. But I just know that Orlando yeah, here's, Magic here's, is... You know, here's, here's the difference. He may not be making any moves at all. However, he's not taking any steps backwards. Van Gundy took a step backwards. Okay, but keep in mind, just wasting time doing nothing is also taking steps backwards. Because is you no you're not, no no, you're no, not, no taking taking on what will be the worst contract in the next two years. That's that's okay. taking a step. That backwards. is you're right. That is pretty bad. <laughs> that, that is that is taking a huge step backwards. Yeah yeah. I just remember when Masai got there, he immediately was like, "All right, bro, what happened? Rudy Gay's not working out. Boom." And then he found a way to trade Bragnani. So I'm saying like, you got to do something. You got to hire someone. You got to sign someone. You got to and I don't see it in this. I'm telling you, he can continue not, to not, get it. It's not. It's not John Hammond. It's um, Jeff Jeff Wiltman. I think that's what? that's how you pronounce his name. It's not, but it's not John Hammond though. It's just John Hammond is the general manager. No, no, it's it's, it's Jeff Wiltman. I'm looking. Did he at it right get now. fired within the year? No, I'm looking at it right now. Hammond will work under Jeff Wiltman, who was yeah. hired as a match. That's the team president. The manager is still Hammond. So they're always going to have a president. Like, for, technically speaking, though, the GM of the Raptors isn't Messiah Jury. Messiah is the president. The GM is somebody else. But in this position, but, but if you, but he's, if he's making the last decisions, I don't, I don't think Hammond is making the right. I don't think Hammond is making the last decisions. I think that. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess it depends on the hierarchy. You're right. Yeah. Well, whoever, low. Let's not talk about. Whoa, key, wait, let's pause, whoa, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Weltman, that is the Raptors team president. Magic Magic hired Raptors GM as their team president. What? So, so you're basically killing somebody who was on your roster, on your organization. Hammond moves into the position. Magic fired Rob Hannigan in the regular season. Hammond is the general manager from Milwaukee Bucks since 2008. I don't see anything talking about the Raptors. I do know that. Uh, a no, player- Jeff, not not Hammond, not Hammond. Jeff Wilt Jeff Weltman? I don't know how to I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I I don't know anything about Jeff Weltman. I don't even know that he was a part of the Raptors organization. I do remember that the Raptors allowed a team to interview somebody in their executive whatever a couple years ago or was it last year? I'm just talking about the general manager in specific, but more importantly, just the team, the executive decisions being made in Orlando for the last very, very long time. But more importantly, every single year that's passing, for God's sake, they've just been a, an average, if not bad, team for so long. And it's always the executive's fault because they're making the decisions that result in having a poor team. And they can never hire the right people or the right talent or whatever the case is. So who's so the, so the president, so the GM reports to the president, of course. And you're saying they poached the Raptors president? That was the Raptors' previous GM. I'm, I'm about to read it off right now. The Orlando Magic have hired have um have hired Toronto Raptors general manager Jeff Weltman to be their president of basketball operations. The team announced this on Tuesday. Uh, the verticals um Woj I don't know I don't, I don't want to fucking mess up his last name. First supported Weltman would be leaving the Raptors. Raptors uh Weltman was hired by the Toronto Raptors in July 2013 after five seasons as assistant GM for the Bucks. Uh, with the Raptors, he worked under team president Messiah. There you go. Regarded Jesus, as one of the name. premier, 
one of, <laughs> one of their premier executives in the NBA. So there you go, yeah. man. All right. Here's so what you're, I'm you're, to say so so day. low key. What you just did was you just. I mean that's that's your guy, right? I mean, right? Well, I'm saying the guy who's making the decisions for Orlando. Whoever I mean, but it I, is. I, 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 okay, well, whoever it is, but I mean, but it sounds like you're also getting at your but, guy. Well, right? keep in mind, Brian Colangelo was a fantastic general manager for the Phoenix Suns before he did a horrible job for the Toronto Raptors. Not everybody's going to be great in every situation. I don't know what the situation is. I can't speak to the context of what they got going on there. I just know Orlando as a team is going nowhere. And it's the executive's fault. And the guy at the very top, it seems like, is uh, John Hammond. Look, it's it's still Van Gundy, though. I mean, Jesus, he, he traded away Tobias Harris. Why do they do that? On a side and, note, though. And Avery Bradley. Did we not learn after, like, Thibodeau that, like, it doesn't work out that whole... And Doc Rivers, like, the coach and manager, like, general manager. Like, that does never work out. You think to yourself, well, I mean, like... Well, I mean, it has... I mean, Popovich is the example of it, but... But how often, Lo? Like and, and, Larry, and Larry Brown. Larry Brown had a lot of say so with the um, Come on, roster. Bro, you just named the, the rarest of circumstances. Popovich is like oh, you just said. They're saying it never happened. I'm, I'm naming times where uh, it has obviously happened. Obviously, the use of hyperbole, my guy. I'm just oh, saying. Wow. Oh, okay. What? Are you surprised? My, <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, disappointed. Oh, also, though. you know, you know where else it's worked in Cleveland with LeBron. LeBron is a GM and a coach. Okay, now you're just being silly. <laughs> You know, oh, it's disappointing because um, I actually Pat, had Pat Riley with the Miami Heat. He became he, he actually Pat Riley fired Van Gundy in the middle of the season just to become the coach, and he was already the executive for the team. Interestingly enough, Lo, uh, I actually really thought Stan Van would do a good job if he got back to coaching. Like, I got thought. Oh, I, like, I knew he wasn't because it's not 2008. You know? Yeah, maybe I was just reminiscing on like what he was running in Orlando back in the day, but. I don't know. I guess it's just a case of like they tried it and they, they weren't able to adjust and try different stuff. Like, you know how Dwayne Casey had his style and it didn't work. And so Masai gave him an opportunity to adjust and he did. And so now that's why he's in coach of the year talks. And so it's really just your ability to be multifaceted. A lot of coaches and for a long time, people blame Dan Tony for this is they only knew how to play one way. And so guys like Doc Rivers would just re-sign all the guys that they were winning with in the past because he doesn't know any other way to consistently get dubs in the NBA. And maybe that's what worked, but you got to recognize always like things are evolving and changing. You can't just keep reverting to stuff that worked a decade ago. You're going to look stupid, waste everybody's time, and eventually get fired. Anyway. Very very true. Does it, is that how it works with every single team? So when you're, so, uh, Brian Colangelo, you have to clarify, I don't even know if you know. Brian Colangelo was a general manager of the Suns, but he got executive of the year. So does every team have, and maybe the hierarchies are different with every team, but do they have a president that the general manager has to respond to? And if so, who, who's the president respond to? Like, is, is there like a board of directors? I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that. Cause, I just, uh, I think, I think that, I mean, even though we give people like the titles of GM, president, vice president, you know, all that other extra stuff. I just still think that there's one very vocal presence in the, in the rooms, in the, um, I, I'm, I'm blanking on what you would call them, but one v- very vocal presence in, in the rooms in which they're having these conversations of what they want to do for the upcoming season or even during the season. And I believe that's the person, regardless of whatever role he has on the team, that we would tend to give him the most credit. Because there's certain times where people who would have the the role of being the president 
would still be receiving some type of GM accolades or acknowledgement from the public, even though he's technically the president. So I, I don't know. Cause, cause from my understanding right now, um, the president for the Clippers is, is Jerry West and the executive is Doc Rivers. But before Jerry West, Doc Rivers just had all the say so. But if you're giving executive of the year, you'd give it to Doc Rivers, right? Not Jerry West. Correct. Okay, so in, in that instance, then the guy uh, Hammond would still have been the guy who would have won Executive of the Year if they would have handed it to Orlando. So when we're talking about worst executives, even though he responds to someone, because I, I, I checked up uh, Miami Heat's staff and executives, so I'm guessing the hierarchy looks different for each team because Miami has a president of business operation, but they don't have a president of basketball operation. They have a CEO, CFO, CMO, CRO. There's no so I, it's just they call there's different positions for each team. I guess um, I can't be expected to know what the fuck. I can't. Position. I can't remember what his name is, but he's been there for a while as well with the Miami Heat. Um. See, yeah. That, no. It, a lot of these guys have. It says years with role. Uh, it's, like twenty three, like, seventeen. It's like Mickey Mickey Harrison or something like that. And they, Mickey I think Harrison. Yeah. Mickey he's the Harrison. owner. Yeah. He's the owner and a managing so, general partner. <laughs> exactly. See, yeah. So Mickey Mickey Harrison is is part of the GM part. He's also part of yeah. He does make some of the decisions. But Pat Riley, I feel like he's the one who has the biggest say so. But I think Pat Riley's just a president. I don't think he's a GM. Yeah, if Pat I, Riley is a president. He's not. Yeah, GM. that's what I thought. I don't. Yeah. So that's but that. But if even if you go like basketball reference, the executive for them is. Pat Riley. It's not Mickey Arison or anyone else. No, so. it doesn't say executive for I'm on real gym. It just says president. Uh if you want to look at general managers, general manager, they actually have Oh, so I guess Pat Riley's both. He's both the president and the gym, so he holds both roles. Yeah, see? Yeah, see? Like All I right. said. Yeah. I wish they had an actual hierarchy. Would have been better to tell. I mean, as a sport management major, I figure I should know some shit like this. They never taught us this in class, man. You know what we learn in class, low? We learn uh, how to balance, go to, to balance the sheets. They learned, they, they taught us how to uh, uh, balance the sheets. What do you mean? Like, they, we had like basic ass accounting classes. They're like, if this hockey oh. team got this income and then this happened and they had this and, sh-, you know, all that kind of stuff. I feel like across the board, a lot of that stuff I learned doesn't apply. In my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, Come on, man. Y'all know what I really want to learn, man. That's, that's, why, you, that's why you dropped out, right? That's why you dropped out, right? <laughs> I didn't drop out, bro. I just took a year off, man. You, see but what you, you dropped out, about. man. Hey, bro, there I you go. I, I didn't drop out, low. Stop lying, man. Hey, forget school, right, agent? <laughs> drop out, man. That's, Yo, what you, that's what you promoting it, on your channel. No, I don't promote drop. I mean, I promote doing whatever makes you happy and leads you towards whatever. And you, so you dropped out. Life. That's what you did. You dropped out. I mean, no. If you want to be a doctor, you got to go to school. If you want to be like, I mean, this but a lot if of, you want to be a millionaire, you do YouTube, right? Millionaire. I mean, you could, you could. There's a, there's a million ways to be a millionaire, though. You could make a podcast and be a millionaire. You don't have to. You could be in school and do that, right? So, but, really but, but for you, but for you, you became a millionaire for YouTube, right? First of all, I'm not a millionaire. Second of all. <laughs> If YouTube was paying like that, man, they'd hey. be monetizing all my stuff. Yo. Hey, you know what's so crazy? I get people who come up, who ask me like, "Yo, how much money does agent make?" And I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong?" They with ask you how much money I make. These yeah, they come, weird, they ask bro. me, and I'm like, "I don't, I don't, I don't know." But they're like, they're like, they keep, they keep asking like, 
But come on, like, like what? You, like in a ballpark? And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about, yo? Easy as. Ridiculous. That's the first question anybody asks me when I tell them I do YouTube. Like, but how, yo, yo, this is mad personal, bro. But I hope you don't mind. Like, I do, bro. Let's not make this awkward. You don't really want to know how much I make, man. Just make a channel and find out for yourself, bro. Yeah. Face. But lo, it's just I'm looking at this uh, like the staff member leaderboard here, and they got four scouts in Miami, but then they have a pro scout. And then they have an advanced scout. I'm, I want to like, I need to speak to someone who knows like what the fuck the difference between all of those just were. Uh, that would be interesting. You know that was my dream though when I went when I went to school just to work in the front office of like because I saw I remember I saw Brian Colangelo doing a horrible job with the Raptors and I thought to myself like, bro, I could do a better job. And then I just like, yo, I gotta get to the thing and I wanna like I wanna work with the Raptors, but. Well, you, uh, you definitely have to start watching more basketball games. You think you're gonna do a better job? Please, Lowe's. don't do that right now, man. <laughs> now, I'm just now saying, not, bro. Now's not the time for your corny little jokes, man. All right, man. All right, man. I'm just saying, man. Anyway, that'd be a dope job, man. If I wasn't doing YouTube, imagine like if you were a scout. That would be fantastic. You just get to judge all these teens and their ability to lead your team in the future. You're rating them on a scale. What a face. <laughs> Oh man, what a weird position in life where you're going to high school. That is that is kind of low key weird. Yeah, you just like start looking at teenagers. You're like, nah, he oh, ain't got his it. His wingspan. I don't think his arms are long enough. Yeah, that ass. That's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, there's a team. There's a high school team. Low Crossroads. It has a Shaq's son plays there. Sharif O'Neal. They have this little tiny point guard there. And like, if any scout saw him, they'd be like, way too small for the NBA. He must be like five six or something. But he's explosive. He has a shot. He he's he got dimes. It's it's fantastic to watch. Anytime somebody uploads like a clip on YouTube, and I'm sure at least like a handful of people watching, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know about Crossroads, and they either hate them or they love them or whatever. But I think they're fun to watch. Uh, so there'd be the scouts that pull up there, like, yo, uh, this little kid right here, he never gonna make the NBA. He looked just like Isaiah Thomas. His wingspan is this. But I mean, here's to hoping they prove him wrong, man. What a face! Um, <laughs> so, Lo, also, I don't know how we got to this part of the podcast. Yeah, I know, but we, we wrap it up real quick. Shout out to um Jeff Hornacek. He just got let go from the Knicks. Um, when 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 does it happen? When does it happen? Like literally 29 seconds ago from from Damn. Woj. Damn, uh, Knicks, Knicks dismissed coach Hornacek. Uh, lead to is it Hornacek or Hornacek? I keep messing up. Hornacek. Uh, management informed Hornacek. Of a decision upon returning to the New York late night to late night show. I don't know what that means, but all right. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. Like, honestly, I don't watch enough Nick games to sit here and tell you if he deserves to get fired or not. I just, ah, whatever. Yeah, they, well, I think the they, they definitely got to move in a different direction, though. Coaching was. I don't think it's. I think it's ownership first, then then management, and then. But anyway, I guess you can keep firing the coach. You eventually. Hopefully land on somebody, but they're gonna go through a lot of firings before they realize that that's not the main problem. Facts. But shout out to Coach Fizdale, because he should have a job next year. Hopefully, we'll see. We've been saying that about like, uh, remember when Mark Jackson lost his job, and we're like, yo, he definitely deserves a job. And he's like, nah. I mean, but, but 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 deserving and actively looking for one are two different things. Because I don't think Mark Jackson is actively looking for one. I mean, but he waited a bit before he signed with ESPN. I think he signed a three year deal too. So. I mean, really soon, he's probably going to be available if anybody's interested for a coaching position. He might not want to do it no more. But, uh, yeah, shout out to um, 
Shout out to Fizdale and Honus right now. I mean, the money's good, right? I mean, how many you get paid as a commentator? Like maybe 300, 400K? Uh, especially like on TNT and ESPN. Uh, you're a coach, you're getting millions, right? Or like at least. Yeah, probably, know, yeah, like, probably millions. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, so I'm saying like he's trying to secure the bag, bro. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Loki um, must be a good job to just pull up. Real quick before we end the podcast, Loki. Imagine just pulling up to the, to the arena, man, a, a few hours early, bro. Getting the reps in, checking, make sure the equipment is straight, and then just commentating every game. Imagine getting front row seats for free to all of these favorite games of yours. Traveling the country, just you're all around basketball all the time. It's a sport you enjoy and love. It's literally the perfect role, man. And it's dope that a lot of NBA players are getting into casting now. I mean, they call it commentating. I forgot it's not esports. Uh, it makes it more interesting, except Chris Webber. I can't stand his commentary. But aside from him, Reggie Miller has bad commentary as well. Yeah, I agree with that actually. But aside from those two, everybody else is like, I like, I like. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. Um, All right, well, you can end it, man. My um, damn nigga, can I? Can I? I'm gonna end it, man. My highlight player of the uh of this podcast is Markel Fultz. Came back. Really didn't talk about too much, but um, came back. Looks looks promising. Giving them some option coming off the bench. I don't know how it's going to work with him in the same lineup with Ben Simmons or at least playing a lot of minutes with Simmons on the floor with one another. But it definitely looks promising. And actually tonight, as we record this video, he became the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double. So, yeah. Shout out to Uh, my My highlight player is Jalen Brown, man. Right when you thought they lost all their offensive pieces, Jalen Brown steps up. He's dropping buckets for the Celtics. I don't know how consistently he can do it, man. But I'm interested to see. So I'm going to tune into the playoffs, man, see if the Celtics really got what it takes. But it's going to be spearheaded by that guy himself, Jalen Brown. Who would have thought? Facto. All right. You can take it away, though. This is your podcast. Um, yeah, you're right. It is. It's my podcast. And don't I mean, I meant you did the intro for the podcast. No, 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 no. Don't, don't ever, gas don't yourself, Flo. Come don't on. Don't ever forget it's my podcast. Yo, people, <laughs> um, make sure you, um, keep up with us on Twitter because there is going to be something kind of moving and shaking, uh, in the next few days, especially because the bracket is complete now and we have our playoff bracket. So keep in touch with us on Twitter. And if there's anything to this podcast that I need to do post-production by adding any information about any type of bracket challenge that we will have with this, um, upcoming playoff series, I will just, I'll just put it in there post, um, post product, product, production. I don't know. I was going to say pros productivity. I don't know why I was going to say that, but shout Give out to my podcast. Guy a thesaurus. Wow. <laughs> Shout out to uh, on my podcast people out there. I completely forgot what I named. Oh yeah, Andrew Wiggins for MVP or something like that. Uh, on this episode of the uh, All Top Podcast, uh, any closing words, Agent? Before I let it go, man, it doesn't matter what your closing words are. Send me some and emails, man. And we Y'all out. know what to say. And we oh and God. we out. Peace. You're so corny, bro. You're low, you 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 do that as if like you're trying to kiss me at the same time when I pucker up my lips. I'm 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 out. That was so that was so suspect. That was so suspect. That was incredibly. I'm hoping you cut that out, bro. You can't have people. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Soon you'll have a separate fridge in the basement where extra groceries are exiled forever. Remember that frozen lasagna? Of course you don't. It's been down there since 2008. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Piece of cake. 
Behind the lasagna. It's very old. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.